boy or girl who can understand what I'm saying, uh, to all of you, right, adults. Is Jesus your savior? Is Jesus your savior? And you can, you can answer in your mind, you can nod your head, you can say yes if you want to. Is Jesus your savior? Jesus saves you from your sins, doesn't he? And uh, my mother read Bible stories to me and my parents took me to church, but it was an, a nine-year-old boy when I was an eight-year-old boy who said to me, Dean, have you ever believed in Jesus as your savior? And I said, nope. And he started witnessing to me and uh, he was, God used him to help me understand that I needed Jesus to save me from my sins and I trusted Christ and believed in him and he saved me. So, so Jesus saved me from my sins and forgave my sins and gave me eternal life when I was eight years old. I remember, I don't know, maybe nine or ten years old, I went to this activity center. My mom would drop me off there for swimming and games and stuff. And there was a bigger boy and he was mean and nasty and he would boss everybody around and tell me he was going to beat me up. And I was scared of him. He never did beat me up. I think he was all talk. But, but I would look back and say, you know what? Yeah, God protected me, protected me from that. Um, when I was a, a teenager, I had, there were friends and people that lived around me who were into all kinds of different forms of sin and habits and addictions. And they wanted me to do some of those things with them. I look back at that time in my life and I know that my life could have gone in that direction very easily, very easily. And it could be very different from what it is today. And if I had made some of those choices or continued in that direction with them, I would say I would have destroyed my life and probably the lives of a lot of people around me. But God saved me from that. He delivered me from that. My mom was diagnosed with cancer, went through surgery. My dad had terrible circulation problems and had serious surgery and all of that. And I think of those, those times, and even, even as an adult myself with family and kids and as a pastor and going through some very hard things with churches, that God delivered me. He protected me. He kept me safe. He brought me through those hard times. So I can say today, God is my Savior. He keeps me safe. And if you are his, if, if Jesus is your savior, then what he does for you isn't just the, the moment you trust in Christ and believe and, and you're saved from your sins and then, oh, one day when I die, I'm going to heaven and I'll be saved. Oh, yes, th those are absolutely true and very important. But, but he is your savior. He continues to save you. And that's something to, to be thankful for and rejoice in. And if he is your savior and always is your savior, then you can keep calling on him to help you when you are in great need. We're going to look at Psalm 18, Psalm 18 this morning. So I'd like to invite you to find that in your Bibles this morning. Psalm 18, no slides, no handouts this morning, but I think you'll be able to track with me okay. You, you know who David was in the Bible probably, right? He was a shepherd. He became the king of Israel. When he was a shepherd, he fought off 
the lion and the bear to protect his sheep. Before he became king, he fought the giant warrior Goliath with his sling. You remember what David said? This is not in Psalm 18. This is, this is backstory. Remember what David said to, when he was getting ready to, to take on Goliath? He said, the Lord who delivered me, that's the same as saved. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. So David knew that God was his deliverer, his savior. And then, and then he said, the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's. And, and he, he said to Goliath right into his teeth, he said, you, he, he, this God, will give you into our hands. And boom, God did, didn't he? Down he tumbled. David had other battles. King Saul tried to eliminate him as a threat to the throne. His own son, Absalom, tried to take over as king. And, and David faced many battles against, against God's chosen people, the people of Israel. And David battled his own flesh, didn't he? I mean, he desired to have another man's wife. And he lost that battle. But God delivered him. When he confessed his sin and he repented, God forgave him. God was David's savior all through his life. He saved David's life, he saved David's people, and he saved David's soul. And David was a shepherd and a warrior and a king, but he was also a poet. And he put his ideas into, into writing, as some people like to do. And, and that's what we have here in Psalm 18. In fact, you can see the, the heading. If you have a kind of a, a heading underneath the psalm number here, it says, To the chief musician, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. So this is David's song of praise to God for being his savior. And just like David, you and I have problems. Some of them are giant problems. Some of them are very hostile problems to us. Some of them are, are from within our own hearts, our own sinfulness. And like David, we fear and we falter and sometimes we sin, we fall. But just like with David, God is your Savior. Now this is a long psalm. It's 50 verses or 51 if you count the, the heading which, which is included in it. The first three verses speak directly to God. David is praising God for being his Savior. Then there's a long section using vivid imagery to describe how God came to his rescue. Just this spectacular supernatural imagery that he uses to describe the power of God in saving him. And then, then the psalm ends up with more praise to God for being his deliverer in verses 46 through 50. We're going to focus on the first three verses this morning. The first three verses. Let me read them for us. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved.
from my enemies. Here's how we're going to do this this morning. I'm going to talk with you about how what we just read helps us picture God as our Savior. And then we're going to talk about and see from these verses how we can personalize God as our Savior. So we're going to picture it with David, and then we're going to make it personal to ourselves. You with me? Here we go. How did David describe God as his Savior? He used nine words or phrases in these first three verses. He says, God is my strength. Strength is the ability to do something. So he's saying, God makes me strong. He's acknowledging that he can't do it himself. So he says, God is the one who strengthens me. And then he says, he's, he's my rock. The, the idea of rock here is, is not, we think of a small stone or, or maybe a large boulder, but the idea here is, is the side of a mountain where there is a ledge and maybe an overhang, a protected spot. We might think of a little cave. That's the idea here. It's, it's the cleft, the opening in the rock. It's a place where you can shelter from the elements and hide from enemies. He says, God is my place of safety. Then he says, my fortress. Imagine a castle with walls built high on a mountain. That's what this, this refers to. And he says, my fortress. He says, God is my castle with walls around it that's, that's built high on a mountain. He is my safe place. And then my deliverer. This is the, the key word in this psalm. You see it in the heading. And then you see it repeatedly five, six times at least through the course of this psalm. He says, he says God is my deliverer. It's one who rescues from danger. You know what I imagine here? Remember, we're picturing this, right? We're picturing God as, as our Savior. What I imagine here with this word, my deliverer, is, is when somebody has fallen down into some ca- uh, um, uh, gully. What am I thinking of? What would you say? A well. Okay, could be a well. I'm thinking like down the side of a cliff. A ravine. There you go. That's what I'm looking for. Down into a ravine. They're hiking. They've fallen. And there's no way for people to hike down and get them out. So they bring in a helicopter, chop, 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 whoop, whoop, whoop. And, and they, they use a cable and lower a, a guy down with a, a basket. And they get that person with the broken leg and put him in the basket and hoist him up. And off they go, right? They just rescued that person. They snatched him out of danger. That's what this word means, to deliver. He says, God is my deliverer. He's the one who rescues me. Then he says, my God. Well, God is the supreme being, right? He rules over everything. So that's who our Savior is. The supreme being who rules over everything. Then he says, my strength. Again, this is actually another word for rock. Now, this one does mean, this is a different word from the one before. This word does mean the kind of stone that actually forms a mountain. It is the bedrock. It is when you scrape away a little bit of dirt, what you find underneath is just this solid bed of rock that goes down for thousands of feet. That's what he's talking about here. And this is, this is picturing God as being steadfast and reliable and like the mountain that doesn't matter how violent the storm that comes or, or who passes through or, or the ages go by from one generation to the next, it's still there. That's our God. And then he says, my shield. Of course, the shield is what a soldier uses to protect his body during battle. God is our protector 
This is the kind of shield that cannot be penetrated by flaming arrows or hurling spears. It just stops them flat. He's saying, God is my savior. He protects me. He's my shield. He's the horn of my salvation. This is not horn like a car horn or a trumpet. Think of, think of ram's horns. And those horns signify the power to dominate like you see on a Dodge pickup truck, right? It, it symbolizes power. That's the idea. So, so he says, he's the horn of my salvation. He, he is the one who has the power to rescue me. God has the power to save you. And he can defeat, he can dominate anything that stands in the way of him saving you. My stronghold. This refers to a, a place of refuge and safety that is again up in a, an, a, high, a high place. It's on a high elevation that cannot be reached by the enemy. The high ground is the place of military advantage and security and safety. Now, I need some help. All right? What I need, I want to picture this.
picture it, right? Picture it. Fortress, a high mountain, unscalable cliffs. And not only is it a high place that's protected, there's someone there who is stronger, more powerful than any opposing force, and who cares, who loves, and protects. That's exactly what David is saying about God. God is my Savior. God keeps me safe. Yes, He saves me, He delivers me, but He also continues to protect me in any threat, anything that will hurt me, anything that would turn me away from His goodness in my life. He is there to protect me. And it's not just a place. He, God, He says, is all of these things to me. Now, I want you to understand one, one more thing here. We think of God, and, and it's true, we're talking about God, we would say our Heavenly Father. But listen to how Paul described this in Colossians chapter 3. He said, Our life is hidden with Christ in God. If you're a Christian, if you have been united with Jesus Christ by faith. He says, Your life is hidden with Christ. In God. In fact, would you say that out loud with me? If, if you're a Christian, make it my. Say, say, my life is hidden with Christ in God. Would you say that? My life is hidden with Christ in God. And I'm going to add three more words. I am safe. Would you say that? I am safe. All right. Now, Paul did also say we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So there are bad enemies. We don't always see them, do we? Oh, yeah, we can think of things in this world that could cause us harm. We can think of of people that would lead us into sin or, or discourage us from living for God and We can think of of all those possible ways that our lives, our walk with God, could be threatened. But the reality is, there are are high spiritual forces. We we know that that is Satan and his forces that that oppose us, that are against us, that want to lead us astray, that want want to destroy our faith, that want, want to tempt us and lead us into sin. And they are great threats. But your life is hidden with Christ in God. Yes, the things that make you worry, the things that make you afraid, the things that cause you to be discouraged can be considered enemies as well. But what is it that protects you? It's not yourself, not your own strength. And even though there are people around you, your family, your church, your friends who care about you and and would do anything for you, who love you, ultimately it's Christ, isn't it? And as a Christian, you are in Christ. Your life is hidden with Christ in God, so you are safe. So that's how we picture, in fact, that's how David pictured 
God as his savior. He used all of these words and phrases that, that are images that help us think about what it's like for God to be our savior. But I want you to notice something else. He, he didn't just describe it, did he? He actually made it personal to himself. Notice he says in verse one, I will. My strength, my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, in whom I will trust. Verse three, I will call. So, so he, this is very personal to him, isn't it? Yes, we would say it's, it's biblical, it's doctrinal, it's theological, but it is very, very personal. So let's talk, secondly, about how to make this personal. How to personalize God as your Savior. The first way is to express your love to him. Express your love to God, your Savior. Look at how he starts, verse 1. I will love you. Literally, this would just say, I love you. And, and scholars and commentators observe that this is an unusual term for love that David chose to use here because normally it's used of God for his people. And it is a very, very personal and intimate form of love. And, and it's, it's the kind of love that a, that a mother has for her baby or a father has for his children. It's very personal, but it's almost always used of God. Well, here David turns it around. He says, God, I love you in a very personal and intense and familiar way. So how do you personalize this? Do the same thing. God, I love you. Now, thank you for, for mentioning, um, Mary Jo, that, that in some families, I kind of grew up the same way. We didn't say I love you a lot. It just wasn't, there wasn't a, we didn't. It just wasn't part of the way we express things to each other. We, we do now. And sometimes saying I love you feels a little funny. It could feel a little funny to you, especially when you're thinking about, well, I, I get up in the morning and I feed at the floor. and I love you, God. What's wrong with that? Open your Bible, sit down for that time in the Word. God, I love you. Finish your time in the Word, start your time in prayer. God, I love you. Say thanks for your meal. Love you, God. That's what he's talking about here, having that kind of love. And when hard things happen, as David is, is reflecting on here, God, this has been so hard. I love you. You, you are my God. You are this God to me. You are my Savior. And I love you. That's how to make it personal. And then, to put your trust in God as your Savior. So how do you make this personal? Express your love to God your Savior. And then put your trust in God your Savior. You see this in verse 2, right? He, he lists these these images, these pictures, these descriptions, and then the end of verse or the middle of verse two, he says, "In whom?" So this God, in this God, in whom I will trust. And, and this word literally is the idea of taking refuge. It means to place confidence in something to protect you, kind of like that that cave in the side of the mountain. Oh, here's some place where I'll be safe, and you go in, and then you're at ease. That's the idea of this word. Trusting, placing confidence in something to protect you. And it means that you acknowledge that you are helpless by yourself. You can't fight the battle yourself. 
And does God put you in situations where you can't do it on your own? Yes, he does. Does God put you in situations where you have to rely on him and run to him for for safety and protection and help? He sure does. In fact, I think included with this idea of trust is the fact that we don't always understand. The fact that God saves us doesn't mean that bad things don't ever happen to us. Right? Well, yeah, he protects our soul, and we know we're going to be with him in heaven forever. And he preserves our life as long as he has a plan for us on this earth. But in his wisdom, he does sometimes allow hard things to happen and things that we don't understand. I mean, can you imagine David thinking about his son Absalom? Why would this, why would this happen? David losing a baby? Why would this happen? But he came to a place where he said, God, I trust put my confidence in you. I rely wholly on you. Yes, I have questions. Yes, I have struggles. I have doubts. I don't get it. But you're my God. You are this kind of God in whom I trust. I know you from your word. And I know from my own experience in my life, you are a good and sovereign and wise God. And you have saved me and you will save me and you are saving me right now from the depths of discouragement or doubt or despair or whatever it is. God, I, I trust you. So personalize God as your Savior by saying those words, even when it's hard. God, I trust you. And this is how you become a Christian, isn't it? This is how you receive God's forgiveness for sins. Trusting the one who can save you, Jesus Christ. Now, how do you do that? How do you put your trust in him? Well, you can just say it, but but we see another way to personalize God as your Savior, and it's to ask for help from God your Savior. So, So express your love, put your trust in, and then ask for help from God your Savior. Look at what he says in verse 3. I will call on the Lord. Call, that's that's use your voice. That's, that's talk to him. That's ask him. That's request what you need. Right? I will call on him for help. Something really bad happens. You have an emergency. What are you going to do? Dial what? 911, right? Automatic response. For sure. There's a crisis. There's an emergency, an urgent need. You're going to dial 911. What about all the other stuff? Oh, what do I do? I need some help. So some of you met my neighbor Vern. Uh, we're great friends now. We moved in the neighborhood seven years ago. And uh, I remember, the, I think it was our second summer here, and I was painting our house. And I hadn't met him. I knew he was a friendly guy. And uh, I was painting a high spot. And it was a little shaky, and I'm a little shaky up there. And I thought, you know what, I need somebody to hold the lap. Even if it's not going anywhere, I want to know it's not going anywhere. I want somebody down there holding onto the bottom of the ladder. And so I had his number, and I, or I might have just walked over to his house and said, hey, uh, he's retired military, so he's at home a lot. I said, hey, I'm painting, and would you mind coming to hold the ladder for me? Felt kind of funny asking my neighbor to do that for me, but, but he did. And 
He asks me to help him with stuff. Hey, I need to carry, put some stuff up in my new storage area over my, my garage. Can you help me carry stuff up the ladder? Sure, Vern, I'll be right there. We have that kind of relationship, that kind of friendship now. And it's not just the, the, you know, the big crises and, and major needs. If either one of us needs a hand with something, we just say, hey, can you help me? Absolutely. And isn't that the kind of relationship we have with God? Yes, 911, God, I need help. Save my soul from hell and, and forgive my sins. But, or, or in this, this dire situation or this terrible time. But also every day, God, I'm facing this conversation. I have this decision. I'm, I'm worried about this. God, would you help me? We, we call on him for help, right? And what do you think our good God will do? He helps us. He hears us. He responds to that. So, so don't just call on him for the big things. Yes, call on him for those big issues, but also anything that you need help with. How can you personalize God being your savior? Ask him for help. Wisdom in difficult situations, strength in times of temptation, encouragement to get through difficult times, the, the, the grace you need to have a, a difficult conversation, perseverance and endurance through seasons of life, age, whatever it might be. God, would you help me today? And of course he does. And then a way to personalize this is to give praise. Give praise to God, your Savior. Look at verse 3. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. We would say praiseworthy. Praising God means that we are deeply thankful for who he is. We think of these attributes. We, we, we remember these characteristics of who our God is and the works that he has done, the ways he has intervened in our lives from salvation to everything else he has done in our lives. And we express thanks to him with words out loud. We praise him. We do that when we share testimonies like we did here this morning. We do that when we sing songs of, of praise to God. We do that through prayer. Lord, thank you. I praise you for who you are. We do that in conversation. You know, I just thank God for the kind of God he is. And here's how he's, here's how he's worked in my life. You know what the word save is there in verse 3? So shall I be saved from my enemies. And David uses this word also several times through this psalm. By the way, what a beautiful psalm. Look at... Uh, Look at verse 30. God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. Who is God except the Lord? Who is a rock? Except our God. It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. His way is everything it should be because he's God. When you're his, your way, your path, your day is everything it should be because you are his. Look at verse 35. You've given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has held me up. 
I love this. Your gentleness has made me great. This is the idea of condescension. God has condescended. He has come down to us. He has, has, has reached down from his lofty heights and put his hand into our lives. And by doing so, he, he makes us something great, something valuable, something special. He makes your life something it could never be because of who he is. Such treasures in this psalm. And that is why this man, David, with all of his problems, all of his failures, all of his losses, all of his heartbreak, and successes, and positions, could say, God, I praise you. Where I was going, and got sidetracked a minute ago, is back in verse 3, so shall I be saved from my enemies. The Savior, the Word, the name in the Old Testament is Yeshua. You heard that before? I will be saved. My Savior, Yeshua. Who is Yeshua in the New Testament? Who is it? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. He is our Savior. And when you have Jesus, you are what? Safe. You're safe. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and just kind of get in your own little zone for a minute. Just be by yourself. Boys, girls, everybody. And think with me. Is Jesus your Savior? And if you've trusted Jesus as your Savior, just say, God, thank you, yes. Thank you for saving me. And now picture yourself in the highest, safest place. And know that God protects you. And he provides for you. And he is with you. And I would encourage you to say, God, I love you. God, I trust you. God, I need you. My God, my Savior, I praise you. You are my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to encourage each other to be strong in our Lord. Let's sing.